Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to Concussion Talk Podcast. I'm Nick Mercer, and I'm here with Kaylin and Ben of Mindspan, and we'll talk about Mindspan technologies and Mindspan's business and everything. How to come up with that? And uh, I'm doing my beer at the same time. But uh, first, uh, just want to thank my sponsor, Head Check Health. Concussion Talk Podcast is presented by Head Check Health. Head Check Health bridges the gaps in concussion care through simple, powerful technology. Join organizations like the Canadian Football League, Track Factory Racing, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, Eastern Washington University, and Volleyball Canada, who rely on HeadShake Health to improve communication and optimize care. Visit HeadShakeHealth.com for more. And please uh, follow me on social media at Concussion Talk. That'd be on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, so YouTube channel, which is just Search concussion talk was kind of just the podcast, so it's kind of one of those first. And there's no, there's no videos on there. To say that. There, that there's videos of pictures of me in the podcast. But uh, now, and I'll let uh, Kaylin and Ben tell you about their social media and website stuff after I introduce them, and which I just have. So, Kaylin and Ben, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, I just realized at we talked about just at the beginning of the podcast that Ben. Is the, the the male voice with the British accent in Toronto? Kaylin has a Canadian accent, but she's in London, so that can be confusing. But uh, first of all, it's mine's fan, so thank you very much for joining me. And uh, Kaylin, Ben, can introduce us in the order you'd like and tell us about how you're just your your background first. Don't we get a mine's fan? Yeah, sure, I'd love to. Thanks so much for having us on, Nick. But yeah, my name is uh, Caitlin Baltzer. I'm the co-founder of Mindspan, which is a brain analytics company enabling users to access uh, and monitor their brain health and with the goal to extend the healthy lifespan of their mind. Um, And we do that by offering a service that combines measures of cognitive function, so the output of brain function, with a user's brain connectivity, so objective brain function to provide consumers uh, an easy to read and understand report of how their brain is actually functioning. Um, This enables users to basically track and optimize their brain health, just like they would their physical health. Uh, In terms of my own background, I'm not a neuroscientist or a doctor. I came into this from the finance and investment side of things. 
Um, I was actually working on the purchase of a company in Finland called Megan that manufactures. Yeah, I noticed that on LinkedIn. LinkedIn, I saw that. Yeah, so it's a company called Megan that manufactures magnetoencephalography technology, which is very cumbersome word. So everyone says MEG. Um, but yeah, so I had never heard of this technology before working on this acquisition. And so I was basically, I, I learned all about it and that the fact that it's used clinically to identify epilepsy focal points um, and also in pre-surgical mapping. Um, but then through kind of learning about the technology, I also learned that it has a 30-year history in research and academia, just looking at various states of health and disease. Uh, and there's quite a bit of research specifically on concussion, um, because Meg can identify concussed brain activity. Uh, so I ended up joining the manufacturer of that technology full-time after um, the acquisition just because I fell in love with this technology and its um, use like, and the fact that it can change people's lives. So that's where I met my co-founder, Yana Hutala. He was actually on the um, sell side of that acquisition. And we worked for about a year and a half together where we decided that we actually wanted to create a service that empowers individuals with this information, with an easy to understand report, because we realized that People measure all these different types of measures of their physical health, heart rate, steps, calories, sleep, all of the kind of the classic measurements you would get from an Apple Watch. Uh, and we think that the fact that uh, specifically, like when it comes to your brain, you have no measurements to measure and optimize your mental health, but only physical health. We wanted to create a service that fixes that. Um, and specifically looking at concussion, we thought it was um, basically entirely uh, inappropriate that athletes in particular are deciding to go back to play after a concussion based off of purely subjective symptomology. Uh, we think that this information, we want to empower athletes with the, this information so that they can make the best decisions for themselves. Um, and I had known Dr. Ben Dunkley um, for a while and really had known about his research into concussion and PTSD. And he was just one of the kind of foremost experts in that realm. And he was very passionate as well. And we had many conversations about the fact that we want to empower individuals with this information. So we knew that kind of he was the, the best person to come on board and be our chief science officer. Nice. Nice segue. Yeah. Great segue to Ben. Thank you, Caitlin. It's great to be talking with you today, Nick. Thanks for inviting us on your podcast. Okay. Really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it's great to be here. So, you know, as Caitlin said, I, I've been working as um, Chief Scientific Officer with Mindspan now for a couple of months, but we've been working together, I guess, now for the past year and a bit, I would say, um, collaborating closely on a, on a industry academic research project. Uh, you know, and now trying to translate some of our exciting findings um, to the commercial space, really. So in terms of my background, I, I trained in psychology and neuroscience, uh, did my PhD in the UK at 2012 now, long time ago, <laughs> over 10 years ago now, right? And uh, moved to Canada and was interested in cognitive neuroscience, um, you know, is where I did a lot of my training, so interested in how you know, brain activity, brain functioning controls a lot of our behaviors and our, and our thoughts and feelings 
Um, I actually really come from a, a basic science background of um, visual perception. You know how we see the world, how we how we move our eyes around, how we how we um, you know sense the world and operate and, and perform actions within it, and then started getting interested really i guess in the clinical neurosciences you know how, how does brain dysfunction brain injury acquired brain injury give rise to um you know cognitive sequela behavioral sequela you know certain symptoms and what have you i was very fortunate enough to work with the canadian armed forces for about the past seven or eight years looking at, at brain injury mild traumatic brain injury as well as uh, ptsd you know from deployment related uh, psych psychological stress injuries um so we've done a lot of work with the calf and you know, been using this this technology MEG, which you know, Caitlin described very eloquently. It's really a fantastic tool for understanding brain functioning. Um, you know, it's it's probably one of the best techniques I think we 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 have at our disposal for understanding the brain in humans. Um, you know, at least you know, obviously there are years and years of of animal studies which people have, have you know delved inside the brain invasively which really isn't possible in humans you know so much so it, we've really kind of leveraged this technology to try and understand um you know brain functioning in in health and disease and it historically has been used mostly as, as caitlin said rightly in epilepsy surgery right but it's an amazing technique for picking up the electrochemical neural activity of the brain and we're trying to translate it to new indications as i say to like ptsd mtbi as well as neurodegenerative disease in those kind of states so yeah, so I, I've been very fortunate to work with Mindspan for you know the past year and a bit, I would say. Uh, very collaborative, very productive, and now trying to translate some of our findings to understand um, sex differences in the neurobiology of, of concussion and uh, persistent post-concussive symptoms. Well, thank you so much. And yeah, I mean, I saw your actually kind of, look, kind of looking at your website with this Zoom screen is in the way, but that you're in Birmingham and uh, what are you looking to do to what's it called? the two case studies, not case studies, but two projects in uh, uh, get this up now to doing this very professional of me, but uh, I'm not professional, so I don't care. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, yeah, the uh, beta, beta users in Brigham and Toronto, so it's yeah. kind of Commonwealth, Commonwealth uh, yeah. uh, that corporation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we launched, um, so we've been, we're a startup and we've been in development for um, just over a year. Um, and we started with working with Ben's lab at SickKids in Toronto. Um, and yeah, we have just launched commercially, commercially uh, last month in Birmingham, UK at Aston University. So we are now officially utilizing the, the, the Meg Lab at Aston to provide consumers who sign up for our services, um, brain health reports um, and specifically baseline brain health reports because uh, if I've learned anything, it's that every brain is unique and actually the most informative way to use this type of information is by tracking your own brain over time. So comparison to yourself. Um, and so, yeah, we launched uh, last month at Aston and we are providing uh, free baseline assessments uh, to anyone in the area uh, to celebrate that launch. Excellent. And kind of to be our, our beta users while we launch to help us, um, yeah. yeah, find out kind of, since we're a startup, what is most informative and helpful. And um, yeah, so people who sign up for our, nice. our beta user program are incredibly helpful. 
Excellent. And uh, so I was, I was, I was going to ask you what ask you about Meg is and all stuff, but first, MEG, I was going to first ask, I was going to ask you if you ever called Meg, but you obviously do because I just didn't, you did, then, and you did, you did it first, actually. Um, but also, this is a totally aside, but have you ever seen the movie Meg, the Meg? Found the Megalodon? I mean, totally, different, totally different thing. I threw this whole podcast off, but uh, it's about a big shark in Asia. But uh, anyway, I'm not a real shark. It's a, it's a, it's a fun, fun movie. But anyway. Um, is, that the, is that the one with Jason Statham? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm it's like totally ridiculous, but it's just... <laughs> It's just like I was watching on a plane going to going on a trip, so I was like, "This is man, I like watching." But anyway, but uh, back back to the magneto magneto encephalophagy. I mess up, but anyway, we all do. Anyway. I know it's there, but it's just not now. I had it, I had it down before I had the August, had it down pat, but uh, uh-huh. anyway, so. Well, I guess both of you can talk about the MEG or the, the MEG. But I yeah, guess you can definitely speak to it far more um, eloquently and scientifically <laughs> than I can. So take it away, Ben. <laughs> yeah, Nick. So as we sort of said, this it's really been, a, uh, I guess, a clinical tool for you know, the past 10, 20 uh, years, really used predominantly in epilepsy. But um, it's also been embedded in a, a number of academic institutions you know, across the world, you know, and used largely by cognitive neuroscientists to understand, you know, the neural circuits which which control our thinking, like like our, our long term memory, um, you know, how we maintain attention, how we uh, inhibit our impulses, and, and those kind kind of cognitive neuroscience and psychological questions. So it's a really powerful research tool, um, but you know, it, it it it's not quite as ubiquitous as say MRI, which tells us. No. Yeah, structure and anatomy of the brain, and you know, clinically, has been used a lot in oncology, stroke. Well, so how does it work? How's it different than MRI? So MRI, and I'm sure you've seen the pictures, Nick. Essentially, gives you a, um, a snapshot of brain anatomy. Yeah, eyes and the shape. It tells you about the, the different tissue layers, um, and you know, it's an amazing tool, in, in clinical tool in, in neurology for you know understanding bleeds understanding oncology, understanding contusions and, and, and those kind of injuries. Um, but it doesn't really tell us about brain functioning. You know, the brain is the, by far and away the most complicated organ in the body. It's really the most complicated structure in the known universe, I would say, and I, and I don't think I'm really underselling it there. We've really only begun to scratch the surface in our understanding. You know, it's an incredibly complicated yeah. with many, many different types of cells, many, many different aspects of functioning. I mean, it, to my point, it, it only weighs 2% of your body mass, but it uses about 20% of your energy. You know, it's an incredibly um, organ in terms of its energy demands, its metabolic demands, and it controls all of our behaviors, you know, all of our behaviors and our thoughts and our feelings. It stores everything that you've ever remembered. So it's incredibly complicated. And, but when we boil it down to, you know, the CPU, the, the, the processing unit of the brain is driven by neural activity, which act on electrical impulses, electrochemical activity, you know, the synapses firing and the connections. And MRI, you know, gives us a snapshot of the brain structure and anatomy, but it doesn't tell us about how those neurons are firing, how they're functioning, how those synapses are, are you know, uh, firing, and how they're connected, how they talk with one another. 
you know, if we were to open, say, a computer, you would see the, the circuit diagrams, the wiring, the motherboard, and you would see how things link up, but it doesn't really tell you anything about how the computer functions, you know, the software running on it. And I like to think that, you know, Meg gives us a little bit of insight into how the software is functioning on that hardware. So essentially MEG uses these um, magnetometers. They're incredibly sensitive and they pick up magnetic fields generated by your neurons, your synapses firing and talking with one another. Okay. Um, and these, but the problem is these signals are many orders of magnitude weaker than even say the Earth's very weak magnetic field. Yeah. They're not the household items that you have around you, like your phone and your computer and your telephone. You know, the, the, these magnetic fields are so weak that we have to um, encase these systems in these magnetic shielded rooms. And then when we place your head in there, we can just about detect these signals. And it, one nice analogy I think is, is kind of like trying to hear a pin drop in a disco. You know, you've got microphones all around the disco and you're trying, you know, there's all the music going on. There's all the people talking and shouting and dancing around. And you're trying to detect this like pin hit in the floor. And, and I think, you know, essentially that's what these, these magnetometers are doing. So, you know, there's this constant ongoing chatter of the brain driven by these electrochemical processes. Um, you know, when someone has say an MTBI, there's underlying structural change, you know, there's shearing and stretching forces on the axons, the gray white matter boundary pulls and stretches and strains, um, you know, there's focal damage, say, there's diffuse axonal injury. Unfortunately, this is still, for the most part, well beyond the resolution of our um, MRI machines or CT leads. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't really see the, this microscopic change, but those processes you know those those underlying microscopic changes as well as also all sorts of like metabolic changes um neuroinflammation changes result in dysfunction to how those neurons fire and we can pick up the consequence of that and we can pick up that dysfunction with meg so meg is really fantastic at picking up brain waves you know i'm sure you've colloquially yeah. those before you know and, and we pick those up with eeg now eeg is a, a kind of related tool which picks up the same underlying primary processes in the brain, but unfortunately has a bit more of a constrained um, range at which it can pick up in terms of the brain waves. It, it's yeah. The signal's a bit smeared, it takes a long time to set up. You know, it's, it's an amazingly valuable tool used the world over by neurologists, um, but, but you know, it, it's difficult to set up and the signal's a little bit constrained. Now, MEG opens up this big window of, of all these different brain processes to which we're otherwise a little bit blind. Um, so we can see the consequence of a mild traumatic brain injury or concussive type brain injury on brain functioning and pick that up with MEG. And as I say, you know, it uses these really sensitive magnetometers that are placed in a helmet and you place your head in the helmet. And, you know, currently we, 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 we don't really ask too much of people. We, we just look at the intrinsic spontaneous brain functioning, you know, why they might be daydreaming or, or thinking about whatever they're thinking about where they're lying in there. But we can also, you know, ask people to do certain tasks and tap certain cognitive and psychological processes which light up certain areas of the brain you know really engage those neurons so it's a really um an amazing tool i think with, with untapped potential at the moment and you know we're trying to translate it from its historical clinical use in epilepsy to now concussions ptsd psychological stress injuries those kind of things well uh, so well, I, I want to ask also about the about like, your work with ben i guess your work with carolina or ben or urban i'm sure it's not a bunch of last name but uh because I, I know the name from Holland Blue Review, kids concussion or not kids, but she I don't know if she was there. She was doing but her work there just on Twitter and stuff. But I want to ask you that. But first, Caitlin, you can talk about the uh, your your beta use of partnership with Aston University. So, 
and how did and how did that and I've seen a bunch of your I guess your retweets, but also from rugby. It's also Aston's rugby team. I assume Aston has a rugby team. Are they the ones you need, or how did you and and how did you get involved? How did you decide that sports was the way you wanted to? Yeah, so this? so we've um, yeah, Dr. Carolina Urban's on our scientific advisory board, and so when we first kicked this off. Um, we just knew that uh, athletes and professional sports in general wasn't going to be an area for us because, I mean, you could see what was happening with the NFL and um, rugby and football with um, these athletes who are having issues late into uh, their 30s and 40s, far decades before um, anyone should ever be having neurodegenerative issues. Um, but, and it was predominantly stemming from the fact that they're uh, sustaining injury upon injury. Um, they're going back to play before they've healed from a concussion. Um, and they're su sustaining subconcussive hits, uh, every practice, every game. Yeah. Um, and they're not actually, and they look at things like how, how their knees are holding up and like yeah. they measure these things and no one's actually looking at the brain. So even before we started Mindspan, we knew that that was going to be our first area, um, of focus. And Dr. Carolina Urban um, is in, in Toronto and she's both a, a neuroscientist and, and a former professional hockey player. And she so brings like some phenomenal insight to us to kind of help inform uh, the kind of the protocols and what is an athlete she would want to see, um, but also give kind of the insight in terms of um, yeah, how we can build our reports to best serve them from a neuroscience perspective. So we were really pleased that um, to bring her on board our scientific advisory board and um, Dr. Alan Pierce as well, based out of Australia. Has been I actually on. just interviewed him in, in January. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. once you kind of get into the into the door of um, concussion and mild traumatic brain injury in sport, it's a really supportive, close-knit community. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and we were in Dr. Pierce is like a phenomenal advocate for athletes as well. And yeah, um, yeah. so we were really pleased to be able to bring on him on board as well. Um, and yeah, in terms of our uh, kind of the beta users at Aston University. So what we're doing right now is we actually scan out of there uh, one day a week so far. And it's, um, it's, it's a commercial relationship. So yeah, we've, they've been, they have one of the kind of preeminent scanning locations in the UK. So we were really pleased that they were able to um, allow us to use their equipment because they do have some of the best equipment in the world. Um, so, yeah. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Nice, nice. And uh so I guess so it's not you Ben uh Concussion women and girls. I did did a podcast with uh, Lauren Zayach and Katie Mitchell and Megan Adam Megan Adams in 2020 before the pandemic started, like just about a month before, month and a half, whatever. But uh, so I guess it's good times I need to revisit. It's always a good time to revisit it because it's still even that was those two years ago and there was little known then, and unfortunately, two years has gone by and still. Not enough is being researched more because more not, but still not enough. Still, we'll see. Man. Yeah, the, you know, there's there's a need to really correct correct the balance in terms of um, sex and gender. You know, in in terms of the, our neurobiological understanding, a lot of research, you know, has predominantly been on on, on young males. Um, you know, sports athletes, military, and what have you, and realizing that in, in terms of sex and gender differences, there are a lot there. We know, for example, that um, with concussions, generally there's there's poor outcome in females, you know, that might be due to any number of sociocultural factors, you know, a, a greater willingness to report symptoms. You know, there could be some biomechanical explanations, neurobiology, neck musculature, that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, even my lab has, has been guilty of it where, you know, we, we've studied males, we've studied males who, who've come into the emergency department with concussion sports related or otherwise. Um, but, but, you know, we, we do know from neuro, neuropsychological studies, behavioral studies that, that females do tend to have poor outcome, you know, they're more likely to report PPCS, they're more likely to report other cognitive difficulties, they're more likely to report uh, the emergence of psychiatric symptoms. And they're more likely to preserve concussion, aren't they? Suffer concussion, aren't they? Exactly, yeah, they're more likely, yeah. if you count for the you know, amount of time spent playing sports and the types of sports being played, they're more likely to suffer a concussion, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've really tried to change the thinking a little bit on it in, in terms of, you know, as soon as you think of concussion, you tend to think of, of young males with risk t- risk-taking, impulsive behaviours, you know, yeah. Playing sports, predominantly, it's, it's actually young children and, and the elderly that suffer more concussions because you know, um, again, biomechanics, you know, quality, yeah. balance, and what have you. Um, so, so really, that there is a paucity in in terms of research done on on what are the neurobiological effects of of, of the differences in outcome 
reporting symptoms and what have you. Um, so yeah, we, we've been doing this study now for, I, I would say just over a year and a bit now, Caitlin, where, you know, we've collected a lot of uh, females with a history of, sp of sports related concussion and otherwise, you know, looking at um, capturing symptomatology, you know, the, the cognitive profiles, you know, their, their brain function as well as their structure as well. So, you know, really comprehensive overview, many different data types in females and males with and without um, a history of concussion. And I think we can really then start to get, you know, into the nitty gritty and, and expand our understanding of what it is about the brain and the differences uh, in in the, the brains of, of females and males. You look at gender effects as well and how those are expressed differently, you know, and then with that, we can start to move towards um, new treatments because, you know, the the symptom constellation of PPCS, you know, MT, chronic MTBI is so different that as Caitlin rightly said earlier on, every brain is different, right? Everyone has a kind of different outcome if you assess their profiles. So if we want to move towards this, this future of precision medicine, you know, you, you not only want to be able to take into consideration people's sex and gender, uh, but, you know, their age, you know, their activity levels, their other types of profiles and integrate this data together to provide precision medicine. Um, so I think, you know, with the study that we're conducting, hopefully we're starting to redress the balance of um, the lack of, of female studies. Using MEG or MEG to, to uh, understand these differences or yeah, so we're using, using MEG as well as MRI. So, you know, we're not only collecting the MEG data as well, which tells us about brain function, but we're also looking at fMRI, which tells us about you know, uh, brain yeah. dynamics, you know, the, the, the blood flow in the brain, as well as structural MRI. You know, we can look at then at um, gray matter thickness, cortical thickness, the gyrification of the brain, as well as DTI, which, you know, measures the, the white matter. From the perspective of my lab at the moment, MEG provides the most sensitivity in being able to detect um, uh, and classify individual cases. You know, so, so when we look at a group, we, we've scanned across multiple modalities now. Um, you know, this was in a previous study that we haven't published yet, but it's just about to come out very soon. We looked at MEG, fMRI and DTI, and we found that the most distinguishing modality. What's DTI? DT, sorry, absolutely great question, Nick. <laughs> I'm used to these acronyms and I don't really explain myself. So DTI um, is, is a type of sequence that you can do uh, on an MRI scanner called diffusion tensor imaging. And basically what that means is it measures the, the white matter pathways in the brain. So there's very, there's very um, thin filament type fibers, you know, like the wires that connect the different areas of the brain. Yeah, that that allow them to talk to each other. So those electrical chemical uh, impulses travel along the neurons and, and DTI measures that. So it gives us a really nice kind of static uh, structural wiring diagram of the brain, but doesn't tell us about it. You know, it's right. But we've collected now in the same group with concussions, and this was just males, you know, unfortunately, and, and we're trying to address that now. Um, but we did see that out of those three modalities captured in exactly the same people, the MEG was the most sensitive to picking up changes in, in, in the brain related to concussion. Um, so, you know, we're continuing that study forward with the ongoing study with MindSpan, um, you know, capturing multiple modalities. And as Kelly said, you know, importantly, also getting cognitive functioning. That's also a really good indicator you know, of underlying brain function. Um, and now sort of developing some sophisticated AI approaches to kind of integrate those data types. You know, mm. as we've described, you know, historically, you kind of, in science, group people into say, you know, your control cohort, in our case, a group with a history of concussion or a group of PTSD. But we really want to look at, you know, the heterogeneity within those groups as well. You know, everyone's yeah. is very different. So what is it about those specific symptoms that relate to specific aspects of brain dysregulation, be it structural function? Interesting. So uh, I see a, 
have one question about the uh, the sign the uh, procedure, the methods behind this research, but also uh, my just a quick question for Caitlin Mindspan. I looked I looked up I looked up Mindspan on just on just on Google. My M N D M Y M Y M N D M Y N D came up a bunch a few times. But uh, why did you call it Mindspan? After the my my brain. My, yeah, so effectively, we wanted, um, so we started the company as Renita Medical, um, which was more of a placeholder than anything, but we knew we wanted to pick a name that conveys kind of what our mission was, which is effectively to empower people with, or, with information about their brain that allows them to extend the healthy lifespan of their mind. Um, so kind of putting all of that together, we came up with mind span because we want to extend the life of the mind. Um, but speaking to the point that, um, Ben mentioned earlier, we do know that the most informative way to use this information is to compare yourself to yourself. Yeah. So the MY is about your own. So my brain data. See, that makes sense. So that's what I kind of thought, but it makes the legs a lot of sense for good day to say it. Um, so it's not, it's, yeah, Mindspan is not just MEG. What, what's, what is the, uh, what is the actual, what is this, that's new website, it says like our technology makes it different, but what's, yeah. what is your technology after MEG? So kind of, we like to think of MEG as kind of the, the crown jewel, but effectively it's important to not only understand the underlying brain connectivity, but have some data associated with that, specifically cognitive function, um, because we wanted to have reports for our clients that not only underline or kind of visualize the underlying brain connectivity and brain power and data, but associate that with the actual output so that the, these reports are both the output of brain function and that underlying brain function. So it's really kind of a, a comprehensive report that really touches on all aspects of brain health. Um, and we do collect some data, whether like age, um, sex, and some other, like what medications or existing diagnoses you have, because really without understanding the full picture, it's really difficult to kind of interpret that brain data and make any conclusions from it. Well, well I'm just so glad to hear that and see the years are that the new tech, this new technology, and this new efforts putting being put into brain imaging and brain understanding the brain more. And so, well, thank you very much. And also, uh, just so, so, what is next for? for I'll tell you that after. Yeah, no, we'll tell you that. What is next for my span for my span? And then that's for you, Caitlin, and for Ben. What's next for your research? But uh, that's not the end of the questions. Thanks. Yeah. So, what's next for my span? Um, so we continue to scan people in uh, Birmingham in the UK. Um, so we'd love anyone who's interested in getting a Mindspan report to, to sign up. And we're offering those um, for free at the moment, uh, baseline brain health assessment. Uh, and then we look to expand to different locations. So we have a pre-registration list on our website. Anyone who's interested in getting a, a baseline report can kind of uh, register on this list and let us know where they are so we know kind of where to focus on going next to offer our services. Excellent. Thanks, Katie. Uh, what are you, Ben? Uh, thanks, Nick. Yeah, so I, I think, you know, obviously we've made some great strides over the last few years in being able to detect these otherwise 
you know, sometimes invisible injuries, working hard on, as Caitlin said, you know, MEG is kind of, I guess, the crown jewel in our data sets, you know, in our data repositories, but we have to link these data to um, cognitive profiles, you know, your neurocognitive performance. We capture indices of, of short-term working memory, you know, attention, inhibition, those kinds of real core processes, executive function processes, and also relating it to people's symptom profiles. So, you know, their physical signs and symptoms that they might report. So the MEG is just one core piece of that. Um, but th those functional brain networks, we can now begin to relate to all these other aspects of, of dysfunction. And, you know, what does that mean going forward? I think there's some really exciting things going on in terms of, um, as I say, precision treatments, right? So neuromodulation, neurostimulation. Uh, there's some very cool work going on at CAMH, many other sites across Canada as well, looking at uh, what they call um, neurostimulation intervention. And, and this encompasses a number of different techniques or you know incredibly long names uh transcranial magnetic stimulation yeah cranial electric stimulation just to name a few and what this means is basically non-invasively um stimulating the brain with either electrical or magnetic fields and you know this is thought to sometimes modulate the ongoing activity it's thought to promote you know in some cases um, neuroplasticity and repair restorative brain functions um so you know these can be applied now integrating with these imaging type technologies that we've been using, we hope very soon to direct to specific sites in the brain that, that you know, that might be injured, that might, might show dysfunction, be it in, in, again, PTSD or MTBI. So we think, you know, in the next few years, you'll start to be able to move towards capturing someone's brain function and saying, okay, this will be the, the particular type of brain stimulation paradigm or protocol that, that would most benefit you, given your symptom profile, you know, your cognitive issues and your brain imaging um, measure that we've taken, this kind of brain stimulation technique might be the best way to address that, you know, and, and there's also some other fantastic work out there looking at um, neuropsychoplastogens or psychedelics, for example, which thought to promote um, synaptogenesis in the brain, you know, regrow connections, change the excitability of the brain, you know, so I think the imaging is one piece of this, but it's certainly going to be foundational to kind of moving towards this precision medicine, this individualized therapeutics approach, with some of the really exciting and emerging interventions that are just on the horizon. Mm, well, just, just from my blue time. And uh, also, as Gina said, Alex, I did uh, my in episode 118, 118, yeah. So, Joe dealing with Daniel Casola, who's working with, uh, working with Eva, founded. Uh, Wasana Health in Chicago, and that's how you lost for, for brain injury. So, uh, you know, if you haven't, you know, you, I'm sure you didn't know about that. But, uh, yeah. And uh, I guess, so I guess uh, now uh, concussions for either one of you, if you had any experience yourselves with that, like either actually uh, either you or a close relative, uh, family member, or just or loved one, I guess, as they say. Caitlin? Yeah, I mean, I've had I've had two concussions myself. Um, one wakeboarding and the uh, other playing, uh, well, doing martial arts when I was a when I was a kid. Thankfully, playing martial arts, like doing popper martial arts, or or just yeah. like goof around, kicking something. So I used to do taekwondo as a kid. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, unfortunately had a, a, a roundhouse to the head. Ooh. That was uh, yeah, got a concussion from that. I'll do it. Yeah, it was not fun. And thankfully, I, I'm one of the lucky ones. And a couple of days afterwards, uh, generally kind of my symptoms subsided and I had no lasting effects. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and I, but it was one of those things where it still shocks me that it was really just 
sit down, uh, wait to go back to play? How do you feel? Completely yeah. subjective measures. And I mean, the second concussion with, uh, with wakeboarding, I went back out like later that day and I was terrible migraines for a week and kind of tons of neck stiffness. And I, had I known better, I would not have gone back out later that day. Yeah. Um, that could have ended quite poorly. Yes. And you, Ben? Yeah, I mean, I've touched wood, very fortunate. I've never had a concussion. I, I, I mean, I banged my head snowboarding uh, once and then instantly got a helmet straight afterwards, you know, and in hindsight, should have had one from the very beginning. Uh, I played a little bit of rugby in school. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of <laughs> hurt my wrist and then I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not playing this sport anymore. I think I'll go play bowls or table tennis. I think I was kind of at the yeah. end. No more contact sports for me, but but you know I come, I come from a play, place where uh, rugby is very popular, and my dad used to play a lot growing up, and I remember watching him. Yeah, and he was unfortunate enough to sustain a number of concussions, and you know thinking back, you think okay, well there, there were a lot of again social cultural things about yeah. it. get back up, get on, get playing. Especially back in back in the day, exactly. I don't age you, but whatever. Yeah, and, and, and you think, okay, well, if you can try and sort of with, with these data we're generating, the research we're doing, try and change, you know, some of the culture behind these things. You don't want to, like, change the sports or ruin them, but you want to make them safer for people, right? So, um, you know, I myself, like, as I say, I've been very fortunate. I've never never had a, a concussion. Um, you know, like I said, my dad has had a few. He's, he's been doing okay, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know uh, but um, no, I, I, I've been very fortunate in that regards. But, you know, just incredibly privileged to work with people you know, who unfortunately have these, but, you know, we're, we're, yeah, know what they're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So thank you. Nice. Well, so, uh, yeah, thank you so much. This is fascinating. Um, also, uh, you mentioned before, Caitlin, about the, uh, the beta use in Burnham or anywhere across the globe, I guess, wherever. So just want to talk yeah. about how people can get a hold of you and where they can find you on the online or anywhere. Really. Yeah, people can reach out to me at Caitlin, C-A-I-T-L-I-N at Mindspan.com uh, and they can register. They can head over to Mindspan.com and register for either our Birmingham site, uh, Toronto, or tell us where they are at. And we will and, and Mindspan is called M-Y. Yes, M-Y-N-D-S-P-A-N.com. Okay. And then your research, and yeah. people can read it online at Google no. Scholar. Yeah. So there's some really dense uh, science papers out there, but you know we've certainly been trying to make it a little bit more accessible for people, and we're still recruiting, as we say, for our studies. So you know, if people want to reach out to me, uh, we can we can organise that. Um, so you just type my name in Google, and, and there are you know the top hit, top search results come up. Ben Ben Dunkley. Yes. Yeah. D U N K L E Y. You got it. And then, yeah. So search out on Google and search Caitlin. Kaylin Balter, B A L T Z Z. That's these were all, we all speak the Queen's English here. Yeah, um, exactly. Z E R and uh, at Mindspand with with the Y. Mind, I keep, um, what? Perfect. Yep. Mindspand yeah, okay. with the Y. Okay. Yeah. So, so I thank you again so much. And uh, yes, yeah, so everyone just please reach out to them and reach out to me and I'll get a hold of them if you don't. Remember their information, but just replay this episode and they'll help us all out. So just do that. So thank, thank you so much, and thank you so much, Ben and Kaylin. Our pleasure. And, yeah, thank you so much, Nick. It's been awesome to chat. Thanks. Thank you for having us on. Music at the beginning of this podcast is by Ben Sound. 
www.bensound.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.